0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Have you seen folks referring to this uh, decision that the Democrats made over the weekend to pass this massive spending bill? You see that folks are calling this don't test, don't tell. <laughs> I love it, by the way. Of course, a hat tip to the policy back in the 90s under Bill Clinton, the infamous military, I guess, policy. Don't ask, don't tell as it pertained to sexual orientation. Now we've got people out there referring to this. I've seen it all over the place. Don't don't test, don't tell. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that Democrats, in order to pass this legislation, this legislation that will result in Americans having less money in their pockets. Across the board, this will not in, uh, not decrease inflation as economists have already pointed out. And by the way, may I add, common sense has pointed out. This will raise taxes on small businesses. I know the left wants you to think that they're targeting certain groups of Americans that they think make too much money. Which, by the way, drives me insane. Um, I, I just the class warfare stuff. The the, <laughs> it is not patriotic, my friends. I, I know some of you may not agree with this. I definitely think you should rethink this if you fall into that category. But to say, to say, that you know, some wealthy person who, in many cases, is nameless and faceless. Right. It's just somebody who who. Americans believe have too much money, whatever that even means, and whoever decides that, which is ironic that people in the United States Senate who are many of them are very wealthy themselves or at least moderately wealthy, and of course some of them have been there their entire lives or for long periods of time coming to DC with not very much wealth, accumulating great amounts of wealth while in DC, which should be a real head scratcher for people who I uh, can't read between the lines because that's not how you become wealthy, even though they do get, as it compares to other Americans' annual income, um, they get they get paid more. But it's not, it's not the type of income that you earn to make some of these fortunes that some of these folks have anyway. But they decided, the Senate decided, because remember, it's a 50-50 split. 50-50 split in the U.S. Senate. And I should point out, every time that this happens, I try to at least acknowledge this, Sarah Palin was right. I remember back in 2008 when she was John McCain's running mate, she was criticized relentlessly. I think she did an interview. I want to say Katie Couric. That could be way off, but I feel like it was with Katie Couric. That's the interview where she was asked, uh, Sarah Palin was asked what you know news, sources do you read and that sort of thing they were trying to make her look unsophisticated or stupid or whatever else or uh, i think they asked a question about tell us something about the vice president's role and she said presiding over the senate and people mocked her relentlessly they said what an idiot what a dope this lady can't be vice president blah 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 turns out my friends it's exactly. In fact, it's one of the only roles of any significant power that the vice president has in and of himself or herself. Everything else is housed within the administration, the executive branch, under the umbrella of the president. So, this is actually one of the powers that the vice president has that's uh, somewhat, I I don't want to say independent because we all know how this game is played. But anyway. But in order to make sure that they got their vote passed over this weekend, the Democrats in the Senate decided, this is where the don't test, don't tell uh, one liner came. and I don't know who to give this, who to give credit to for saying that. I've seen it in multiple places. Did not come from from me. I see it here at townhall.com. This is written by Sarah Arnold. This was posted on Saturday, I think Saturday morning. She writes, Senate Democrats are reportedly embracing a don't-test-don't-tell Wuhan coronavirus protocol this weekend as they try to push a $764 billion with a B spending bill through a 50-50 chamber, dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act, which of course is absolutely hysterical. In fact, somebody said one of the... Congressman Massey, I believe, said this. He said, if the truth in advertising rules and, you know, restrictions and so forth applied to this bill, Democrats would not be able to advertise the bill as such because it doesn't reduce inflation. Anyway, she continues here, dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act. It needs all 50 votes so that Vice President Kamala Harris can uh, cast a tie-breaking vote in its favor, Hence the abrupt change in policy. So basically what they did, they knew once Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin said that they were going to support this piece of legislation, they said, all right, we have tried to get the Build Back Better agenda, which this is effectively, this may be overly simplistic, but effectively this has become what the Build Back Better bill, oh, that's a tongue twister, mouthful, But it's become what that was, a a much scaled back version. If you remember, the build back better, which of course also violates the fairness or the uh, honesty in in advertising and so forth. But we're not building anything, nothing's coming back, and it's certainly not better. But this is a scaled back version of that. So we're looking at what's the total spending, $764 billion. Um, and the original bills were in the 3 the 3 trillion with a T range right so massive still massive amounts of money but drastically cut back from what it was originally hoped by the radical left to be and so they wanted to get this passed the democrats did of course and they've got it passed the senate so now it just needs to go through the house Um, at least at the time I'm speaking to you, I have not seen that it's gone through the House. And then once, assuming it gets through the House, which it should without any, any issue at all, it will end up on Joe Biden's desk. Then you will see the, well, the celebration begin. They'll act like they have saved all of our problems. They have signed a piece of paper. At the top of the paper, it says Inflation Reduction Act. So therefore... The laws of nature will dutifully bow down to the rhetoric used on a piece of paper by members of Congress, the radical left, signed by President Joe Biden, and that's going to fix our problems. Of course, it's not going to fix our problems at all. But nonetheless, that's the way that this is going to be framed. This is going to be—they're they're going to try to use this to revitalize efforts to give the Democrats hope in winning the midterm elections. And this is going to be treated like it's the greatest achievement <laughs> in modern politics. The The things that they are going to promise from this are going to be, you name it. I mean, the waters, like when Obama, when he was uh, inaugurated president, remember when he said, this is the moment with the godlike reverb on the microphone. This is the moment. The seas are going to begin to recede, my friends. That was in 2008, of course actually in 2009, January. Actually, that might have been election night. So in, in whatever, end of 2008, 2009. But the point is, Trump came along in between Biden and Obama, so, of course, C, the C's took notice of this. The C's paid attention, and they said, wait a minute. The guy that's in the White House now is trying to kill the planet. Let's start rising again. So now they're going to tell us again that this is going to save... The water is from rising. It's going to save lives. I saw a headline, I think, in the New York Times over the weekend that said, Oz is going to love this, lightning strike in Washington, D.C. Tragically killed three people. But the headline says, um, "Climate." this was a climate, um, climate alarm because of a lightning strike. It's just Mother Nature's way of saying, hey, you know, You're really starting to tick me off because you've not passed the bill. It's almost, again, it's a tragic loss of life, and I don't want to gloss over that. Three people died in this lightning strike in D.C. But they act as though if this bill would have been passed by then, that Mother Nature would have said, you know what? I want to respect what the people in the Senate and the House and the U.S. government are finally trying to do. And just like the C's, I'm going to back off a little bit. That's how this is... And I hate... Again, I hate to say it because tragic loss of life. That is sad. That is awful what happened. But this is how they politicize every tiny little tragedy. But the Democrats, in order to pass this bill, decided to forego the requirement to test for COVID. So basically, Chuck Schumer is out... Chuck Schumer was out there basically saying, we're not doing the tests. There is no plan B. Where did I read this? I'm trying to, um, I know he said there is no plan B. Um, this We're just going to have the vote. And so they didn't test, right? Remember, for the past two years or two and a half years or whatever it's been now, every Democrat has blamed Trump and the Republican Party for every single case of COVID-19. Ironically, Biden gets it every 45 minutes. Doesn't seem to matter if he's vaccinated 19 times, has 62 booster shots and everything else. We're told, you know, how great his health is. We're told to basically ignore what we're seeing with our own eyes in real time. This guy is a model example of 79 year old or see 78, 79-year-old health. This is just, I mean, he's a he's a model of that. And it's um, you know, it's something that Again, it's probably Trump's fault that Biden caught COVID twice within two weeks or whatever. And so, but they, in order to pass the bill, in order to pass the bill, they refuse to do the things that they've been doing over the past few years, which again, only highlights and underscores just how political COVID has been from the very beginning. Remember this, my friends, as your school, as your school district, as your local community, as your state, this includes Governor Holcomb here in our state, as we, should we see spikes in COVID and talks of masks and shutdowns and forced vaccinations and everything else that we've been through these past two and a half years. Just remember how it only matters when it politically is in their best interests. Because again, it didn't matter they could cram all the senators in the chamber, didn't care, didn't care if anyone had it, didn't want to test. And that's, of course, where this phrase, don't test, don't tell, apparently came from. Brilliantly done. Whoever came up with this is that's a very, a very good one-liner. I like it. It's got the Todd Huff seal of approval <laughs> on it. So, but this is what we're dealing with. It's political theater. We're told it's the Inflation Reduction Act. It's not going to reduce inflation at all. And and as we went through last week, I think over nine years or ten years supposedly will in, uh, decrease inflation by zero point three three percent. I mean, it'd be like if you're a two hundred pound person uh, over ten years losing two two thirds of a pound or some such thing. I mean, it, it's 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 offensive. <laughs> I don't get offended. I'm unoffendable by these by things like this, but. For those who do get offended, if you want to find something to be offended for today or buy today, this is it. Because everything we're being told about this thing is fake, is made up. It is only to designed to punish the rich, to push through some radical, uh, of course scaled back, but radical climate change stuff. It is not going to end, uh, reduce inflation, not at all. In fact, in the past or the next couple of years, it's supposed to According to researchers, and dare I say by extension of it being the work of researchers, science it's supposed to actually increase, tick up, just a tiny bit. Tick, inflation is supposed to tick up because of this bill. That didn't seem like how the Inflation Reduction Act should work. I mean, if you, if you ask me, if you're engaged in the activity of reducing inflation, it would seem to me, but then again, I live in reality, and I've got a brain and common sense, it would seem to me that if you were really interested in that, inflation would go down more than by <laughs> a third of a percent over 10 years. It's silly. It's laughable. And to boot, they have once again made COVID a political a political tool that this time they have chosen to ignore because it did not meet their interests. And of course, the media is not going to care about this. They're going to tell us they're just going to ignore it. If they have to answer for it in some way, I'm sure they're going to tell us something that either blames Trump or minimizes the effects. But again, I think they've learned that some Americans don't remember what they heard last week. So if next week they got to amp this thing back up, they realize with at least some of the population, they don't have to worry about that uh, being a factor whatsoever. Now, with you, people that pay attention, another story altogether. Especially for those that listen to this program. Quick time out, my friends. Gotta take a time out here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Uff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I referenced an article last, last segment. By the way, I didn't say off the top as I normally do. I welcome your feedback, your thoughts your questions, your stories and anecdotes of how listening to this program has in fact caused you to lean to the right. I'm not condoning dangerous driving, but I have had someone tell me that they were laughing hard and veered to the right before. So it does happen. That's why I try to tell you to be careful listening. It's stronger then you may realize at first glance, at first listen. That email is todd at toddfshow.com. I welcome uh, your thoughts and all that stuff. Adoration and praise always accepted in those uh, emails as well. But last segment, I referenced an article. I think I said New York Times. I think I may have seen it in the New York Times because when the email came in over the weekend, I read it and I thought, this is the stupidest thing I've read in a while. Uh, and it's sad, right, to uh, that's I, I don't want to lose the, the human component. There were three lives that were lost here. But this is an article um, from Reuters. A Reuters article. And the headline of the Reuters article is, if I can pull it back up, where'd it go? Here we go. This was on Friday. Friday night, 7.53 Eastern Time. Headline... Written by Gloria Dickey of Reuters, Washington, D.C. Lightning Strike that killed three offers climate warning. I just, I, first of all, the absolute lack of concern and, and compassion here is, I think, somewhat problematic. The politicization of this which is, of course, taking a lightning strike. By the way, this lightning strike occurred in Lafayette Park, and I'm looking at the video, and yikes, man, that is... I mean, it's in between wherever the camera um, is shooting this video from, maybe from the Supreme Court. It's roughly in that area, directly across Lafayette Park. You can see the White House right there. It strikes directly in front of the White House. In Lafayette Park. I told Oz during the break, that's when I went to DC back in 1999 for a semester exchange program. We actually, the church I attended, we would go to Lafayette Park, not every week, but we did, I think we did it once a month. That's what memory serves me. But we went about once a month and we would feed. Uh, the homeless there in front of Lafayette. Yeah, even conservatives—it's amazing, right? I mean, you're you're told conservatives, as you all know, because you all are involved in the ways that you give and and serve and things that the left acts like never happens. But anyway, the church that I attended went there and is right there. It is it is an it's the most powerful right place. Or the the house the the residence of the most powerful political office in the world in the background and then feeding homeless people in front of that is i mean it's a really just you know the, the extreme differences uh, you know in that in that setting but that's where the lightning strike happened and this article this stupid article it says this scientists say that climate change is increasing the likelihood of lightning strikes across America after lightning struck at a square near the White House, leaving three people people dead and one other in critical condition. The hot, humid conditions in Washington, D.C. on Thursday were primed for electricity. Air temperatures topped out at 94 degrees Fahrenheit, 34 degrees Celsius, or five degrees Fahrenheit, three degrees Celsius, higher than the 30-year normal maximum temperature for August 4th, according to the National Weather Service. Stop everything. Stop everything. Remember when I told you, and you know this, whenever there's a cold day, and it's going to happen, especially here in Indiana, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to think about it, but it happens here every year, it's... 20 degrees below normal or whatever. The high for the day gets in single digits. Overnight, it gets 10 below zero, maybe colder. I remember a day in high school, the actual air temperature, I believe, it's the oh, I think it's the coldest day on record. I think it was negative 36 degrees. I'm pretty sure. Negative 30-something, which some of you are from places that you laugh at that, but it was... I mean, you, you could get frostbite really quickly. Anyway, if you would cite it, let's say we have a, I hope we don't, but let's say there's a day like that. If you tell these climate scientists, hey man, what about the super cold? Oh, that's weather. That is weather. Don't confuse weather and climate. Okay, well then what is this? This is one day. This writer, this Gloria Dickey, says that because it seems to suggest because it's 5 degrees hotter than the 30 year normal maximum temperature on August 4th it somehow the likelihood of a light, of someone getting struck by lightning was higher do you realize how stupid this is it's as though there's no ability you know for some it's lack of ability for others it's just simply they want to use whatever tools they can manipulated our disposal or at their disposal to make us believe to try to get us to go along with this nonsense five do i early august in washington dc 94 degrees i mean that is certainly a hot day there's no doubt about it and it's you know washington dc was a originally a swampy area now it's swampy for other reasons but originally it had to be drained right a swampy humid just, it can be a really oppressive heat there. So it's it's hot and humid, there's no doubt. But are we really supposed to believe that there's no 94 degree humid days in Washington, D.C. in August? This is ridiculous and patently absurd. And on top of all that, you've got three people who died, one person who at the time of the writing of this was in critical condition. And all they want to do is use this to, I guess, make the point that if we don't pass legislation like what the Senate did over the weekend, we're going to be subjected to more of this because climate change means more lightning strikes. Climate change means more thunderstorms. Even if that's all true. Even if that's all true. And, of course, I'm not suggesting that there's nothing that there's not something, a conversation to be had about that or a point to be made. I'm not suggesting that. What my problem has always been is the steadfast insistence that the problem leading to increased temperatures is humanity and what we eat and what we drive and how many kids we have and whatever else that the radicals, the lovers of big government, dare I say the fac- the real fascists who actually want to control every aspect of our lives, that the solution to all of those problems coming from the radical left is less freedom and more taxes and, of course, they having the ability to make decisions on our behalf. Right? I mean, this is what it comes down to. That's why Pete Boot Edge Edge is out there telling us that if you don't like whatever it was at the time, 4 or $5 gas is now down a little bit. And they're, of course, praising themselves and patting themselves on the back over that. Still higher than it was dramatically than when Biden took office. But Pete Boot Edge Edge says, if you don't like the price of gas, then buy an electric car. This is, this is logical, at least from their demented way of, of thinking. And so is blaming a lightning strike on climate change that killed three people in Lafayette Park right in front of the White House over the weekend. Wanted to share that with you, Better timeouts in order here, my friend. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, talking to Oz here behind the scenes and... Commercial break went faster than I expected it to go, so I wanted here to um, talk about Trump. Trump was speaking at what is this? This is the CPAC convention in Dallas over the weekend. CPAC Dallas. Trump is talking about something that really is a a first and foremost that needs to be done in ways that I don't think – how do I want to say this? I I think – now maybe you knew. I'm just trying to be transparent with you. I, I always, after studying the government, how it works, these politicians, in some sense nothing surprises me. But in another sense, I have to tell you, I think it is worse than I thought it was, which is saying a lot (laughs) because I thought this mess that we had in D.C. was really, really terrible. But I think it's even worse than I originally thought. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I'm not just talking politicians, though I am talking politicians. I'm talking politicians of both parties. I'm talking politicians of both parties at the state level. I'm talking politicians of both parties at the local level. I do think that uh, the radical left's platform and, well, the Democrat Party's platform, which has been basically hijacked, taken over by the the radical left, it is... There's really nothing... Well, there, there's a lot of irredeemable things in that platform to me. Abortion, of course, is at the top of that list. Um, the way that they, I mean, the, their their hatred of people who are people of faith. Again, I'm talking about the radical left. I'm not talking about every rank-and-file Democrat. Of course, that's not that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm talking about the ones who are trying to lead and drive this party. I think the way that they demonize and hate, truly hate the wealthy, although ironically, they're rubbing elbows with these folks and getting all sorts of donations and sweetheart deals and all of that themselves, but they they demonize people who are building, uh, building bills, uh, businesses, building wealth, and so it is the politician, but it's also even beyond that. It is it's the bureaucratic state. It's all of the acronyms, right? It's all of the, see, again, there's certainly, I think, rank and file, there's principled people in all these places, but I think the people at the top have basically, in many cases, not 100% the case, but in many cases, know how to get to the uh, know how to manipulate the system and work it to get to the top. I mean, look at these jokers like I think of Peter Struck, I think of Lois Lerner, I think of Christopher Ray. There's, I mean, um, there there are so many, so many people, right, that crossed paths with Trump, um, that have been exposed by, um, well, for for their. Hypocrisy for their, their lying, for their covert attacks on the, the financial well-being, in some cases, of American citizens. Um, people who are playing politics and trying to manipulate things from their official position. And there's countless people. James Comey, of course, James Comey. Um, Clapper. I mean, I could just go on down the list, right? And so but the deep the, the deep state is a real thing. I know that some people, you know, now you're getting into terms that, you know, might be used on Q and all the Q and on and all this. I, look, in general terms, the deep state is it's always been the problem. The, the, the folks that are entrenched in our government, that are part of the bureaucratic machine that are nameless and faceless and who can sometimes take actions that impact your vote that impact you know the way that legislation is implemented who actually gets targeted there's all this talk about the tens of thousands of new IRS agents that have been hired And I've seen multiple people on Twitter and other places say, hey, don't break the law and you've got nothing to worry about. Bet me, man. That that is beyond a naive thing to say. The IRS has been weaponized against American citizens in the past. In fact, I think having an IRS this whole, I think getting to the point where we as Americans think it's acceptable and good to simply report to the government what our earnings are, look, obviously... I do that. I mean, we participate. But I think that notion is nuts that we've gotten to that point. It is, it is none of their business. It is absolutely none of their business. It is absolutely <laughs> beyond reasonable to me to think that we need, what is it, 80,000? Is that what I saw? Additional IRS agents. Do we really think that that's not going to be abused? We really believe that? Well, Todd, if you're not breaking the law, you don't have anything to worry about. Have you ever been audited? Have you ever had the IRS show up at your home or business or send you a letter? And then basically, I mean, look, folks, say whatever you want, but the the insinuation is, is you're guilty until proven innocent. And if you can't prove it, then they're going to fine you and everything else. And even if even if you have done everything correctly... First, your initial reaction is going to be, oh my gosh, what did I forget? What did I overlook? And by the way, why is it so complicated to begin with? Congress are the jokers who've put together the tax code that you've got to be, I mean, you got to go to 10 years of school even to begin to understand this nonsense. So even if you're innocent and did everything right, or maybe made a genuinely honest mistake, even with the help of a paid accountant, CPA, it's, it's going to cost money. It's going to take time. And small businesses and entrepreneurs and lots of other Americans don't have the time or resources or emotional reserves in some cases to deal with this. How is this a good thing? It's not a good thing. Look, if someone is deliberately hiding things and whatever, you know, not reporting it to the government, I understand but if somebody filed an exemption for something that you know was maybe misapplied erroneously because the tax code is unbelievably complicated to un- understand and apply, I, this is just ridiculous to me. It will be weaponized. It was weaponized with Lois Lerner in the Obama administration. And those folks in those positions, not all of them, but there are certainly some, That are more than happy to use their position to achieve a political outcome, to target people. I remember Rush saying he was audited. Rush Limbaugh was audited every single year. You think that that's reasonable and fair? Does that sound normal to you? I don't care what he made. That's just absurd. The starting point is we don't really believe what you've told us. And so for 20 plus years or whatever it was, he was getting audited. And he's not, he's just the bigger name this happens to other people as well the starting point is what did you do <laughs> where did you lie we're here to figure out what you did wrong and it still takes time it still takes money it doesn't matter it it does matter right? in a sense you obviously if you did something not you know not wrong You shouldn't have anything to fear in one sense, but in another sense, that's naive because, again, they can manipulate this to still go after you. It'll still cost you money. It'll still, you know, take your time and energy. It's not something you want to mess with. But Trump's up here talking at CPAC saying the next president needs to drain the swamp and end the deep state. And I want to talk about that because he's right. He's 100% right. And I kind of think that... If Trump wins in 2024, if he runs and if he wins, I think the Democrats may regret the day that they decided to let him spread his eight-year term over 12 years because I think giving him this halftime break, this intermission, is only going to give him more energy, more time – to plan on how to effectively do this, should he run and should he win. So timeouts in order. We'll talk about that after the break. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So talking about Trump at CPAC in Dallas is saying, look, the next president needs to eradicate, drain the swamp, get rid of the deep state. This is critically important. And I, i by the way, agree with this. Now, I know that for some, that has, I don't know, maybe a conspiracy-like feel, but it's not. It's simply the government has gotten too big, too big as my folks used to tell me sometimes, too big for your britches. The government has gotten too big for its britches. The government has abused freedoms, abused the responsibilities that they have been given, abused their authority for a long time in many ways, many different people. And a lot of them are just part of the machine. In fact, I've had conversations with people who have said, who have said to me, well, you know, some something, let's say really bad happens in government. And they'll say, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is just how they are. No, it's not it is how they are. It's human nature. I understand that. It's being abused by people who want to have authority and power and control and nice retirement plans and all of that. But it is only that way because we allow it. And Trump's right. We have to get rid of this 100%. This has to be gotten rid of. And I think, I think the Democrats, if Trump wins in 2024, may regret may regret that he didn't win in 2020 because he's had four years. Four years, again, assuming he runs, assuming he wins, that's two big assumptions, I guess, but certainly a possibility. But he's had all this time to plan. He's not, you know, it's not just a continuation of eight eight years. There's a break. There's a break, and in that break, we get to see some corruption, massive corruption. We get to see the Hunter Biden stuff, all sorts of things. The swamp needs drained. The deep state needs broken up. Government needs to be smaller. It does not need more IRS agents or anything else for that matter. It needs to be cut virtually everywhere that we can see. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> Folks, the biggest threat to your personal liberty is the size and scope of our government and what that government thinks that it can do to you on your behalf, what it thinks your money is, which of course belongs to, in their mind, they think belongs to them. You should have to ask them permission for how much you can keep. This is how they look at it. Government again to the radical left, as I said so many times. The government is God. I'm telling you, government to the radical left is God. Of course, that's not true. There is a God who stands outside of government, but that's another story I don't have time to get into today. today but anyway, STG. See you tomorrow. Take care.